From Sales Loft Podcast, it's No Nonsense Sales with your tour guide through the alphabet wilderness of sales jargon, Tom Boston. Episode 13, Unlucky for Some. Thank you for choosing to listen to the No Nonsense Sales Podcast. We take the phrases that salespeople love to hate and we dissect them, try to figure out what they actually mean. So let's start by talking about sales slash sports analogies. I don't know much about sports. I'd go as far to say, I don't know anything about sports. So you can imagine my horror when I first started working in sales and I had to learn all these sports analogies. Here are a list of some of my favourites. Let's get the ball rolling. Now, if I'm understanding this one correctly, all games, they must start with a ball being rolled. Sometimes the ball's small, sometimes the ball's big, but whatever its size, the ball being rolled, that that's how you start the game, right? I don't know. The ball is in their court. Presumably, once you've got that ball rolling, you've got to keep it rolling. You might find at some point during the sport that the ball is not in your court anymore. Maybe it's in their court, another court. Who knows? Step up to the plate. Something I've only ever done at a Toby Carvery. Hitting a home run. I believe this is a baseball term. A game I've never played. I've played rounders before. Does that does that count? I'm not sure you're supposed to admit that. And finally, marathon, not a sprint. I've never ran a marathon, but I assume the phrase means don't rush to the finish line, right? Here's my take. If sales is like a marathon, be the fun runner. Be the person who's enjoying it the most. You can even wear fancy dress if you want. My guest this week is Lindsay Boggs, and she's the Global Director of Sales Development at Quantum Metric. An advocate for women in sales as a leader at WISE, which is Women in Sales Empowered. And she also, once upon a time, used to be an opera singer, which I just couldn't resist asking her about. Sure. Um, I started voice lessons when I was nine. I saw Phantom of the Opera when I was about eight or so. And I was pointing to the stage saying, I want to do that. My parents got me voice lessons and piano lessons And my whole entire life up until 22, I did music. And that's all I knew was music. So I majored in opera, could have minored in piano, classical piano. And then the recession or 2006 happened and there were no jobs for opera singers. So what do you do? Sales comes a calling. You you say that there's a lot of parallels as well between opera and sales. Uh, I'd love for you to talk me talk me through that because that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really see it in the beginning, right? It took a couple years to see the parallels. But as I was going through the sales motion, I realized that when you are selling, you are essentially on a stage and your ensemble is the people that is made up around you. So it could be your sales engineer, it could be your VP of sales, they're all part of your ensemble, just like you would be on stage. And so you lean on them and you basically narrate how the sale is going to go. And that's similar to singing. So it's not um it's not a one man band to stick with the kind of music analogy, mm-hmm. right? You you have your you have your backup singers, 
you have the the people who are making it sound good and bringing it all all together and uh, i could i could really stay on this because i've got a little bit of a of a drama background myself some mm-hmm. of the skills that i thought oh i'd never use and then you find yourself in in sales going well actually yeah being able to uh, deliver in front of an audience uh, mm-hmm. confident is a huge thing and especially now with with content we see how important that has become to the kind of sales world. Actually, I'm feeling like I'm leaning into those skills more than ever. Um, so are you ever tempted to bring opera back to your brand? I would love to, I would love to see that. And I'm sure our listeners would too. Oh my goodness. So many people have asked me that. And it's something that you kind of lose over time. I can still read German, French, Italian, and pronounce things when I see the script or the the aria, right? But my voice hasn't been, I haven't practiced since 2006. And so it's not something that you can just wake up and, and have. I used to practice six hours a day. Um, and so losing that, I don't have the voice that I once had. Well, I can I can definitely relate to that. And regular listeners of this podcast will will be nodding their head as well when they hear the end of all of these episodes. <laughs> uh, now, uh, this this particular episode is all about that classic nonsense piece of phrase uh, that you hear in sales marathon, not a sprint. It's one of those that I loop in with the kind of sales cliches. But again, there are a lot of truth to these phrases. What what are your initial thoughts on the phrase, it's a marathon, not a sprint? My initial thought is not everyone is an athlete. And what I mean by that is there are so many parallels that people drive within sales to being a quarterback or football or soccer or whatever sport you want to equate it to. And what about the people that are non-athletic? How do we relate to that phrase when there's not been a marathon to have run <laughs> yeah so if you've never gone through that mm-hmm. that experience and and that idea of kind of getting yourself over over the line uh i'm not a particularly sporty person he said while well, he laughs internally uh at, at all but i think that like that phrase again never really rang rang true with me but do you think that selling is like running a race and and can parallels be drawn from uh, from that analogy i think definitely i mean at the end of the day i the best way i can relate to it is i did a spartan race back in 2015 or 2016 and the way i equate it to that is there were times when i got to the barrier or i got to the part of the spartan race that i physically could not do and so in turn of doing the physically part you cannot do you had to do 75 burpees in exchange for that now that is still very challenging but what i'll say about it with sales is if you hit a roadblock if you hit the timing is not right for the prospect be patient build that relationship and credibility and you're in it for the long haul just like a marathon and i think as well you can surprise yourself by enjoying the process now again not a runner but once upon a time i did try a little bit of running ran for about a mile just about survived but there was a little point in there where i thought oh wait a second i'm enjoying this right i had a smile on my face i think that certainly happens with 
with sales as well, right? You might go into it thinking this is going to be a bit of a slog, but actually when you find your rhythm and you find your pace, then you do start enjoying it. So, uh, so yeah, sales is a bit like a race then, but what can sellers do to make sure they get to that finish line before their competitors? Is there anything we can do? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that you can be doing is building that personal relationship with your prospect and making sure you're on a relationship where you can text them, make sure you're on their LinkedIn, following up on their posts and commenting on their posts and really incorporating their day-to-day with your day-to-day and making sure that competitors are not swooping in at the same time that you're in this active sale. So being really, you know, candid with them, personal with them and building that personal brand within that sale is really paramount. I love what you said there about being able to text them, right? Mm-hmm. If I think about my early sales career, emailing somebody, you know, dear sir or madam, or ending with kind of kind regards, it's a million miles away from, you know, being able to text them, mm-hmm. but building that rapport, yeah, and having that relationship with them will kind of set you in front of the the rest of the pack to stick mm-hmm. with our uh, race analogy. But um, I, I know that like, a lot of people talk about not looking left and not looking right when you're when you're in that kind of sales process and just focusing on what's in front of you. Um, but what what can sellers do to make sure that they they don't kind of steer out of their lane? Really going heavy on this <laughs> analogy. What can sellers do to make sure they don't steer out of their lane and they do keep their eyes on the prize? Sure, I think it's really about preparation before you even enter the sale. So it's about having that account plan, having those links to their 10Ks or their earning statements and making sure you are aligned with what exactly is going on at the organization. And to your point, it's so vastly different from texting somebody versus kind regards and having that relationship built up and making sure that there aren't any roadblocks coming your way, but still being mindful of what could potentially happen and being able to pivot. And that's where it goes back to music. With me, it's about improvisation. And when I get my teams together, I like to go to improv classes because you can be able to pivot really quickly on your feet instead of, oh my gosh, what do I say? And sticking to script, you don't, you can't stick to script sometimes. Sometimes you have to pivot and be really quick on your feet. Yeah, so are you are you a big champion of then um, improv classes? Because I know that that sometimes strikes fear in a, and a lot of sellers, especially especially new sellers, right? Hey, we're mm-hmm. going to do some improv. What would be your top tips to anyone who's kind of thinking as they're listening to this? Oh, I, I, I hate all that. Oh, I could never do that. I highly recommend you change your tune to improvisation because when you pick up your first cold call, you are improvising, whether you like it or not. You can practice your script a hundred times, but until the first person picks up, that's real life. And you're not going to stick to script. And by the way, I don't want my teams to stick to script. I want them to be human. People want humans, not robots to work with. And so I would highly recommend revisiting that. I think as well in the kind of modern world of, of sales, our prospects and our buyers and our potential customers, they're more switched on than, than ever. Right. Mm. And if you can hear that script and it doesn't feel real, then yeah, you're going to, uh, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. So my, um, my final question for you then really on, on this is how do we, how do we make sure that we're, we're pacing 
ourselves as uh, as as sellers and not again to go back to our analogy just running at a, a million miles an hour what would be your your take on that i'd say start with data on yourself and stop looking around what your peers are doing maybe the average closing cycle is nine months at your company but maybe yours is 10. figure out based on data historically where you should be in your sales process based on you not based on your peer because maybe your peer closes in six months maybe you're 10. but at the end of the day you're all trying to get to one common goal so i'd say look at the data and then create a work back plan based on your data so I'm going to summarize that and you'll like this run your own race. Mm. Do you like that? There you I go. Like what we've come with like we've come up with here. That feels like a really nice way to, <laughs> to round off this podcast. But uh, as you know, cause we talked about it before we, we hit record, we actually end these episodes with a pump up song. It's the song that you might play your team or yourself to get you really in the zone for maybe one of those calls that you know is going to go really well because you've practiced with improvisation. So uh, what song have you selected to uh, to round us off for this for this podcast? Lady Gaga, Bloody Mary. <laughs> Great song. And and what is it about that song that that gets you pumped up? I think it's the beat. I think it's the tunes and I think it's just how it makes me feel when I put it on in my car, I am ready to go and I am ready to take on the world. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to take on this song um, with with no backing track. So do wish me luck. But thank you, Lindsay, so much for, for joining us on the No Nonsense Sales Podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Wow, thank you, thank you. Blown away, blown away by the response. This is my version of Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary. Dum dum da di da, da di da, di di da di da. Dum dum da di da, da di da. Dum dum da di da, dum dum da di da, da di da. Dum dum da di da. I won't cry for you. I won't crucify the things you do to do to do. I remember when I said, oh, I'll just sing all the songs at the end of the podcast. I'll just do it all a cappella. Seemed like such a good idea at the time. To hear that track in a more listenable way, go to the No Nonsense Sales playlist, which is now available on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to the No Nonsense Sales podcast on your favourite podcast player or, of course, by visiting salesloft.com slash podcast. <laughs> <laughs>